today's episode of the Joel New World. Today is June 28, 2022, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Very excited for today's episode. This is going to be a continuation of last week's episode where we introduced the Disney Rides Bracket for Walt Disney World, and we're going to determine what is the single best attraction or ride at Walt Disney World Resort. And what better way to decide that than by using a bracket? March Madness style meets Disney, and you're going to see more of these in the future, just as a heads up. I'm a a big uh, fan of these brackets and deciding what is the best in a single like genre or category um, and using a bracket to decide the winner. So you may see like best restaurants, best food items, best drinks, uh, things like that. Maybe best resorts in a future episode. So I'm a big fan of those and I plan on using them. So just a heads up. And it looks like you guys enjoy them as well because it got a lot of downloads and and thank you. That, that leads me to my next point. If you like the show, just hit follow, um, subscribe, whatever service you're using. I'm on all the, the major services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, you name it. You could probably find a Joel New World there. So thank you for your support and continue to download these episodes as they come out. I try to release at least one episode a week and this is going to be my last one until after the 4th. So just a heads up there. I try to be as consistent as possible. If I have extra time, I'll try to release an extra episode, but at least for now, it's going to be at least a weekly episode. Okay, and I plan on sticking to that schedule. Uh, Another reason I'm super excited because my Disney World vacation, or staycation if you will, begins tomorrow. So uh, we're staying at the Dolphin Resort, I think I said it on the last episode, and it starts tomorrow, so it's already here. And we booked it mostly because... We wanted something to do, being locals here. I took a couple days off from work, and we're going to be celebrating the 4th, the 4th of July, at Walt Disney World. And there's really no better way to celebrate that as a family than at Walt Disney World, in my opinion. There's so much to do, and it's really hard to do everything at Walt Disney World. I've been numerous times and still probably haven't done everything at the resort. So definitely excited for that trip. We currently have quite a few dining reservations. We made some advanced dining reservations about 60 days ago, and now we get to um, utilize those reservations and enjoy the good food. That's part of the reason why we love going to Disney World is the dining. And our current reservations include Hollywood and Vine Lunch, which I'm very excited for. We've only done breakfast there. Liberty Tree Tavern Lunch, we've done that before and it's amazing. We've done that a few times. Chef Art Smith's, that's one of our favorite Disney Springs restaurants that we've tried so far. Uh, but that's a Homecoming is the name of it. And I'm really excited for this one because we got a brunch. Those are a little bit harder to come by. And I'm very excited to see that brunch menu. So we have that. We have a Chef Mickey's breakfast, which to be honest, we haven't done that before. So very excited to do that. It's a contemporary. And one little trick that we like to do if we're driving there, we like to book a breakfast at the Contemporary because you can park in the Contemporary parking lot. And then when you get done with your breakfast, you can head on over to Magic Kingdom. Just make sure you have that same reservation. And it has their own security. It has their own walking path. And it's very efficient. It doesn't take very long to get down that walking path and through security. 
Um, so that could be a, a good tip for you all out there to think about. You can book like Steakhouse 71. You can book Chef Mickey's like we're doing this time. You can do that and kind of bypass security. And you don't have to take one of those forms of transportation like uh, a bus or the ferry boat or monorail from the parking lot. So that's just a little local tip that we like to do. And it's worked well for us before. And we plan on doing that multiple times uh, as long as we can. And as long as you have a reservation there, you don't have to pay for parking. So, um, so yeah, that's one thing that we like to do here. Going back to our dining reservations, we also have a beaches and cream lunch, which I haven't eaten real food there before, but I've heard it's good. Um, so we have that. And one I'm more excited for is Topolino's Terrace. So we have a character breakfast at Topolino's Terrace at the Riviera. So plan on hitting up the Skyliner and eating a great character breakfast over there. I've heard really amazing things about it and really looking forward to that. But like I've said before, stay tuned for an upcoming trip report episode. I plan on going through, you know, our meals, our rides, how did Genie Plus work for us, and basically just our overall trip report. I know I like I like to share what we did and kind of document what we did as well. And hopefully you do as well, too. Like I said in a previous episode, the Swan and Dolphin are an amazing recommendation for me. If you book it at the right time and get like a locals deal, or maybe even if you're a pass holder, you can get a pass holder rate. And you can really save a lot of money by going through the Swan and Dolphin, which are like a Marriott Bonvoy uh, resort. So if you have that app, you can even earn points for free nights in the future. It takes a little while to start accruing those points and earning them, but... Um, you can also buy points too to help you save a little money in the future if that's something you're looking forward to. But but yeah, give it a shot. It saves a lot of money compared to some of those boardwalk resorts and some of those deluxe resorts at Disney World. And it's super convenient. It doesn't get much more convenient than the Swan and Dolphin. So give it a shot. It's conveniently located within 15 to 20 minutes of walking distance to Epcot, Hollywood Studios. You can hop on the Skyliner over there. And yeah, you can get it for a pretty reasonable rate. But you can't beat the convenience of staying there at the boardwalk area. And you kind of control your own schedule by walking, which we've talked about before. So you don't have to really wait on the bus, even though they do have a pretty timely bus system we've discovered. So you can get a bus to Animal Kingdom, to Magic Kingdom, and and yeah, it's it's great. It's a great system. But you can bypass that. You can also ride those boats, those little boats that uh, go around to Epcot or Hollywood Studios. That's also an option if you don't feel like walking or don't feel comfortable walking. You can ride those boats as well. So I highly recommend it, and I'll let you know how this trip turns out, how the room was. I plan on going to um, doing like a quick room tour when I check in to kind of give you a little insight as well on my YouTube channel at uh, a Joel New World is the name of the channel. So check it out, uh, like and subscribe through there and you can get a little bit of um, behind the scenes, if you will, of my trip report and the room that we got. So keep your eyes peeled and make sure to subscribe to, to YouTube. All right, we're also, in the coming weeks, I would say, we're also trying something completely new to us, and I honestly didn't even know about it until a month ago. 
we booked a club level room at the Coronado Springs Resort. And I'm very excited to check out the new Grand Destino Tower. So that's that new tower that they built right in the front. And um, it was mostly for like conventions and things like that. But I'm very excited for that. I've seen a few videos on YouTube about people's experiences at the club level. And they offer included items throughout the day at the club level lounge. So if you're not familiar with a club level, it's kind of similar to like concierge level if you're on a cruise ship with Disney, but you get to go um, and have access all day. I think it's from like 6.30 a.m. until like 10 p.m. And I think it's on like the 15th floor, but they have a, a thing called a, a lounge or a club lounge. I think this one's called the Kronos Lounge. And you have special access to it. Throughout the day, they have like little buffet of items, maybe some snacks to take with you for the kids. And it's like a little buffet of breakfast items, kind of like a continental breakfast style, but kind of upgraded to Disney. And throughout the day, you even have access to certain beverages like beer, wine, uh, other cocktails as well that you can make as well. Um, Soft drinks, water, you name it, they have it. And I know they have like cordials later in the evening. So like Grand Marnier, um, Kahlua and other things like that, other beverages like that. So you can kind of get your money's worth if you book it at the right time. We just did a one-day stay. We're planning on hitting that uh, amazing-looking pool. They have that big pyramid there. We want to hit the pool and just kind of have a resort day for our staycation day. I don't think we'll hit the parks that day. We want to get the most out of our money for that club level. And we really didn't pay too much for what you get with it. So if you look at the right times, you can score a pretty good deal. And I think that we did. So I think that's coming around the middle of July. And I'll have to keep you posted on that, but definitely looking forward to that experience. All right, going to Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, go ahead and do that. At a Joel New World is my Twitter handle. And I received some poll results from the Twitter polls that I recently posted. So I want to share some of those results with you. And the first one, I thought this was a fun question. And my wife, Megan, recommended I do this. And I was like, you know what? That's a really great idea for a tweet. So. What is the best song on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind? And I chose the top four that I feel like were the most popular. So one of them is Iran, Conga, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and September. So I had quite a few um, votes out there for this. And it appears that September is the most popular song amongst the people that answered this poll. So 41% of the people that answered this preferred the song September to those other three songs. And I did get fortunate enough to get September and I would probably rank it my second song. I didn't know I'd enjoy it that much, but I did. And then it's followed at 29% I ran. Everybody wants to rule the world at 18% and Conga was in last place out of these four with 12%. And I feel like that's funny. I would have ranked Conga probably first because it's really upbeat and it's kind of like a weird song that you wouldn't expect to enjoy, but it's really upbeat. And it's kind of like you're dancing through the throughout the attraction or the ride. So, um, and that was also my first song. So I don't know if like your first song is always the best or you have like nostalgia for that, even though it's so new, but maybe you have that factor playing in as well. Some of the other ones are going back to our topic today. And I asked, which is the better mountain ride at Magic Kingdom? Space Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain Railroad? And... Out of the votes, it was 50-50, so 
not a clear-cut winner, and that was just a really great matchup, and that's kind of what I expected there. Another poll was, which is the better ride at Magic Kingdom, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or Splash Mountain? Again, that one split right down the middle. And remember, I chose Splash Mountain to take that one. What's the better ride at Disney's Animal Kingdom, Dinosaur or Cali River Rapids? I chose Cali River Rapids, but you all are choosing Dinosaur. Dinosaur, 71%. Cali River Rapids, 29%. And I get it. The theming of Dinosaur is incredible. So I get it. But for me, personally, in my bracket, I want to choose Cali River Rapids. I prefer to ride that one over Dinosaur. But Dinosaur is a great ride. And thanks for voting on that as well. And the last... Oh, we have two more. So what's the better ride at Hollywood Studios? Slinky Dog Dash or Toy Story Mania? 67% of you said Slinky Dog Dash. 33% Toy Story Mania which I agree with. What's the better ride at Epcot, Frozen Ever After, or Remy's Ratatouille Adventure? 67% of you are saying Remy's and 33% Frozen. Okay, so there it is. I like hearing from you. I like getting your feedback. And please continue to do so. Look for those poll questions out there. And I want you guys to participate. You know, message me directly. Let me know what you would like to see in future episodes. Maybe some questions you want answered. Let me know. I'll be willing to do that. Follow me at a Joel New World on Twitter. Now we're going to get on to our news for today. We have quite a bit of news, so let's get to it. So the news is presented to you by WDW News Today. I didn't butcher that today. That's kind of a tongue twister. Um, so good job, me. All right. In the June 28th edition of the news, the first topic is Walt Disney World is reportedly considering changing their park pass reservation system. And I know what you're thinking. Maybe they're getting rid of it. No, they're thinking of making it more complicated. So they're thinking of changing it to include secondary reservations for park hopping. Normally, you just need a park reservation for the morning or that daytime. And then you may park hop anywhere after 2 p.m. Under the new system, guests would be able to make a park pass for a second park and park hop earlier in the day. So the way I interpret this is that you still have to make a primary park reservation. You also need to make a secondary park reservation if you are park hopping that day. And if you want to, you're able to park hop before that 2 p.m. time if you make that reservation. I'm hoping that if you don't make a secondary reservation, you can still park up after 2 p.m. But again, um, this is all speculation and rumor. So not official or anything like that, but that's what it sounds like um, they could be. They may also introduce these to specific or ticket types, maybe passes, or even sell this option as an upgrade. Which I know what you're thinking out there, more money for something just to go to the park. And I agree with you on that one. I don't really like them charging more for this feature. I don't really see a benefit to being able to park hop before 2 p.m. I feel like that system's okay. I don't like, especially being a local, I don't like having to plan out if I just want to go to the park for the day. I don't like doing that. And I feel like this is just getting a little bit too complicated, honestly. But again, this is all speculation. It is only being considered for now. Maybe they're getting some initial feedback on um, how it's being recepted and, and things like that. What's the reception on this? But I know uh, it's going to be overwhelmingly negative because uh, the feedback I've gathered and what I experienced is I feel like it's too complicated of a system right now to just go to the parks. And especially if they're going to charge more for it, I think it's really going to tick off a lot of people. So 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, and I don't know the the benefits of park hopping earlier, right? Why don't you just make a park reservation for the morning and then park hop wherever you want to around 2 p.m.? I know it might like throw you off by like an hour or two here and there, but again, it might just be a way to make more money. Maybe it's a way to keep the crowd levels at bay for now. Who knows? But um, I'm not very excited for that, but I could be wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but we'll see in the future what the plans hold for the park reservation system. Next, Star Wars Launch Bay reopens on July 17th at Hollywood Studios. When it does, you can reserve character meet and greets through the Genie Plus system. Guests can meet and interact with Chewbacca and Darth Vader, among others. I've heard some stirring about uh, BB-8 and maybe even like R2-D2, so that would be really cool to see. I haven't met them before, and I feel like that would be a pretty cool interaction. So that's out there. It's going to be added to the Genie Plus system, so you have more options. And none of the other ones are going to be taken away. All right. Most importantly, if you're into those festivals and um, the special events that Epcot has at Disney World, well, Walt Disney World has released the menus for the 25 global marketplaces and other food and beverage locations participating in the Epcot Food and Wine Festival for 2022. I don't know about you, but I love the Food and Wine Festival. And that's one of the things I'm most excited for, being a local now, is being able just to go to these festivals whenever they open or whenever I want to. This is one of the longer festivals. Um, the Flower and Garden is going on right now. I feel like that one seems like it's taking a really long time. And I'm kind of ready for a new festival to take its place. Nothing, no knock on it or anything like that, but I feel like it's been kind of lingering around for a while and looking for some fresh, you know, fresh scenery, different uh, booths, and different food and drink as well. Some of the, the highlights here, um, it looks like you can buy a spork with Remy on it. It's like a blue spork. We bought one of those um, bees, like Spike the Bee. We bought one of those for the Flower and Garden. My kids love it. We plan on getting a Remy's spork as well. It looks like you can also buy corksicles, those like little insulated metal tumblers if you will um, at different booths so that's something you can buy so instead of sippers or anything like that you can buy these cork sickles which look pretty nice there's a little um, picture of one at it looks like it's specifically for a booth but I don't know if they're going to be different depending on what booth you go to that would be pretty cool but for now I'm just uh, expecting it to be one cork sickle that you can buy at different booths but it would be great if they're all unique and say you had like four or five different ones you could buy and collect there's some really good flights out there there's a mimosa flight at shimmering sips hosted by corksicle that's near port of entry and they have a lot of mimosa flights like a berry sour ale mimosa uh, blood orange mimosa that sounds pretty good a key lime mimosa and a tropical mimosa so if you're a mimosa fan that's probably where you'll be going on to hawaii so it looks like hawaii is also near port of entry and it opens on august 11th but an alani sunrise that sounds good it is vodka dole pineapple juice and grenadine so that sounds good like a little play on a um 
on a sunrise, a tequila sunrise at Australia. I'm kind of intrigued by this one. They have a Cooper's Brewery Pacific Pale Ale, which I will be trying. I'm a big beer guy and bourbon guy. So if I see that, I usually try it when I'm out at the parks or any other fancy drinks that I want to try. They also have a Chardonnay. They have a Cabernet Sauvignon. And they also have a Rosé. And you can also get that in a flight as well, the wine flight. Moving on to Refreshment Port, hosted by Borson, that like cheese that you can buy, the spreadable cheese near Canada. They have some poutine fries that look delicious. And they also have maple cheesecake with whipped maple bourbon cheese and candied pecans. That sounds delicious as well. Probably be trying both of those. You can also get the La Cellier Wild Mushroom Beef Filet Mignon with Truffle Butter Sauce. So if you enjoy that but don't want to get a reservation for it, it sounds like you can buy it out there at the cart. Moving on to the Appleseed Orchard in Canada Far and Wide Theater, which I've visited that before. This one has a lot of beverage choices. You can get a frozen apple pie, cinnamon apple cider, a Bold Rock Imperial Imperial Apple Hard Cider, Original Sin Hard Cider Macintosh, Blake's Hard Cider Company, St. Cherie Bourbon Barrel Aged Cherry. That sounds interesting. You can also get a Cider Flight. They have a Big Storm Brewing Company, Apple Blonde Ale. That sounds delicious. I think I'm going to get that. The Playa Linda Brewing Caramel Apple Pie Ale. Sounds interesting. Something I haven't tried before. Three Daughters Brewing Apple Pecan Brown Ale. And you can also get those three in a beer flight. They also sell something called an Apple Blossom Sky, Apple Cider, Ginger Ale, Apple Brandy, Maple Syrup, and Mini Marshmallows. All of those sound delicious. And that might be one of your best opportunities to get a break from the sun and the, the heat and get a little bit of air conditioning as well. Again, you can buy a Corksicle Classic Tumbler there too. So a lot of Apple-themed products there. I'm excited for the Ireland booth near the UK. They offer a Fisherman's Seafood Pie, roasted Irish sausage with coal cannon potatoes and onion gravy, warm chocolate pudding cake with Irish cream liqueur custard. Yes, please. Beverages, Kilkenny Irish Cream Ale. That sounds delicious. Bun Ready Mead Honey Wine. And a Guinness Bailey's Coffee Shake. That sounds good, too. All right. Let's see if I can find any, other, any more highlights for the Food and Wine Festival this year. So Belgium, that's always one that I look forward to. They have a wit beer. They have a chilled coffee featuring Godiva chocolate liqueur, Delirium red fruit ale, and a Belgian Abbey ale. So that's a stronger beer there. Going on to... Greece, they have a Spanakopita, griddled cheese with pistachios and honey, a lamb gyro with shaved lettuce, tomatoes, red onion, and tzatziki on warm flatbread. The beverages include a rosé, and they have a dry red wine as well, along with a white wine, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm just going to butcher that name. Also looking forward to hops and barley in the American Adventure, they have a crab slider, a hot beef sandwich with horseradish cream and pickled vegetables. That sounds pretty good. 
The new item here is that crab slider with tangy coleslaw and Cajun remoulade. They also have a freshly baked carrot cake with cream cheese icing. All right, they have the 81 Bay Brewing Company Strawberry and Lime Wheat Ale, Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company, Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale. That's a long name. That's the new item there. Lord Hobo Brewing Boom Sauce, Deepa. I think that's a double IPA, if I'm correct. That's a strong beer. Uh, Bold Rock Roast Coffee Hard Cider, Longevity Chardonnay, Tribute Cabernet Sauvignon. All right, very excited for these items so far. I'm just going to try to point out some of the newer items um, in Spain between Italy and Germany. Some of the new items include, um, let's see, looks like a couple of new wines, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce the names for. Germany, they have, if you're a big fan of the Schofferhofer, which I, again, I don't know the correct pronunciation of that, but they are going to have a pineapple Hefeweizen. So normally they have that grapefruit Hefeweizen, so they're going to have a pineapple one this time. So I will probably try that. That sounds good. Some other beers that look great as well. Over in the Alps near Germany, they have a Wicked Weed Brewing Uncle Rick's Pilsner. That's a new beverage choice there. And yeah, the, the choices are unlimited. And the selection looks great this year. There's a lot of items. There's a lot of beverages that I didn't even cover. But if you're excited for this food and wine festival, get ready because it's coming very, very soon. I think while we're there, they're going to be shutting down the Flower and Garden. I think the 4th of July is the final day for that festival. And I'm hoping to get a pretty good score on some deals. Usually they clear out the, the merchandise that they're selling for about half the price or even more sometimes, depending on how late. It's around, and you can really get some good deals on the merchandise. So we're hoping for that as well, and maybe get uh, a couple of items, and I'll share that in my trip report upcoming. All right, now it's time to move on to the e-track e-ticket attraction of the week, which is finishing up our Disney rides bracket for Walt Disney World. The e-ticket attraction is here. We're going on to the second round of our Walt Disney World rides bracket. If you missed the first episode or episode four, the one before this, make sure to check it out and see my results and my my picks for the first round and how they played out. So if you missed it, go back and download that episode four and you can catch up on how we got to this point. But for today, we're going to cover all the second round matchups and we're going to go all the way to the final four. We're going to start in Magic Kingdom and our current matchups are Splash Mountain versus Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Jungle Cruise versus Haunted Mansion, and moving on to Animal Kingdom, Expedition Everest taking on Cali River Rapids, which a lot of you could debate that Dinosaur could have taken that, Kilimanjaro Safaris versus Flight of Passage, that's a really good matchup and a tough one to pick, Hollywood Studios, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance taking on Smuggler's Run, so a Star Wars matchup in the second round. Uh, two of the newer Star Wars ones, right? And those actually opened with Galaxy's Edge. So I love that matchup, and I'm curious to see what you guys think about that one as well. Slinky Dog Dash taking on Tower of Terror. That's a really good matchup, too. They're only going to get harder to decide as we move on. And finally, Epcot, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind taking on Frozen Ever After, which some of you chose Remy's, according to the Twitter poll result, results. 
Soaring around the world, taking on Test Track. I feel like that's a really good matchup, too. So let's see, where do we want to start? I think I want to start in Epcot today. Let's start there. Starting my vacation in Epcot, I want to start here today for this bracket. So looking at the matchups, we have a one seed taking on a four seed, which is our one seed is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, and our four seed is Frozen Ever After. For this matchup, um, I chose which one is more rewritable, which one do I have the most fun on, and it happens to be the newest attraction. It's going to be Cosmic Rewind, and it's a landslide for me. I love Frozen Ever After. I love riding that boat ride all day, but I feel like I can't ride Cosmic Rewind enough right now, and I feel like that's the ingredient for an excellent ride. I want to ride this all the time. It's very hard to get onto right now unless you pay for it as an individual lightning lane, which is hovering around like $15, $16 at times, which I'm, I will gladly pay for as long as I can get on it. Or you have to go through the virtual queue where you have to get in line at 7 a.m. And it's very, very hard to do. It goes extremely quickly within seconds. Or you can go again at 1 p.m. and try to get in that virtual queue. Or if they have extra hours at night while you're staying at like the Swan or Dolphin or another deluxe resort, they do have an additional one at 6 p.m., which the last time we did that, we weren't successful. So hopefully this time we'll be, we can um, get in one of those virtual queues or maybe even two of them. We'll see. But that's how you ride it right now. They don't have a standby line, probably because it's going to be extremely long and people are going to be wrapped around and it's just kind of kind of cause... A lot of congestion. You saw that with Star Wars Rise of the Resistance and with Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. So I think that's the the recipe moving forward. I think they're going to be doing that style of queue for newer attractions, at least for the time being. So as much as I love Frozen Ever After and hearing Let It Go um, blaring through Old Maelstrom, that old ride, but um, I love it but not as much as Cosmic Rewind. So therefore, Cosmic Rewind is moving on to the next round in Epcot. Moving on to the next matchup at Epcot is Soaring Around the World, which is our three seed, and Test Track, which is our two seed. So a really strong matchup here. And for this one, I went with originality and a little bit of nostalgia as well. I feel like Soaring has been around for quite a while. And it before it became Soaring Around the World, it was Soaring Around California. And I love both versions of this attraction. I might even prefer California a little bit more. Um, because that was the first one that I rode until they changed it to World. So for this matchup, I think I'm going to go with Soaring Around the World. I think this was a more enjoyable ride for me than Test Track. They're both pretty thrilling, uh, thrilling rides. You can argue that Test Track's more thrilling. But when I see Test Track, I just think of Cars Land, and I think of Radiator Springs, and how much more I enjoy that ride versus Test Track. Not to knock Test Track or anything like that, but I see it, and I just want, I want Cars Land. I want that version. I want the Radiator Springs ride. So for me, I'm going to go with Soaring Around the World. I enjoy going on that ride, and... It is thrilling because you go up into the, once it takes off and the ride begins, you raise up and it feels like it's very, very high. 
And for me, that's thrilling enough. You're kind of parasailing through the sky and it feels real at times. And um, for those reasons, I'm going to choose Soaring Around the World to defeat Test Trap. So, in the next round, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind taking on Soaring Around the World to be the victor of Epcot. So, moving on, while I'm here, I want to go ahead and reveal my winner as I'm in that park. So, I don't want to keep you hanging too long. And for Epcot, this is my favorite attraction at any park right now. My favorite ride. You also get a great soundtrack. You get six unique songs, which adds a lot to this. And in the upcoming months, it sounds like they're going to get a holiday uh, mashup of songs as well. So just that factor alone where you get a new song or the possibility of getting a new song every time and changing up your ride experience. I'm going to go with Cosmic Rewind to take the cake here at Epcot. If you haven't got a chance to ride it yet because it's so new, just came out Memorial Day. I highly recommend you get that. Again, right now you can only use the virtual queue or pay for it as a ride. Um, but I highly recommend you do it at least once. I know it's gotten a little bit of uh, a knock for making people sick if you're prone to motion sickness and things like that. But for me, it really wasn't. My motion sickness comes from it being like hot. So if Star Tours gets really hot sometimes and it's a video screen in 3D, that gets me more motion sick than anything. And Remy's kind of does that to me at times. just depends. If you're moving around in front of different screens and things like that, that's what really gets me. People are saying that this ride really spins around, and it doesn't really spin around that bad. It's not like you're just spinning like a teacup. But you are rotating as you go around this roller coaster. It's an indoor roller coaster, and the closest I can compare it to is Rock and Roller Coaster meets Space Mountain but much better. That's the way I describe it to people. It is in the dark, but it's not quite as in the dark as Space Mountain. You can kind of see things as they come by, and it's a lot of fun. If you add that great soundtrack to it, it just it just is an amazing attraction, an amazing ride. So I highly recommend it. That's why Cosmic Rewind takes the cake at Epcot. And then it's going to take on Hollywood Studios here in just a little bit. So let's get to there. Let's move on to Hollywood Studios. So in the second round, we have Rise of the Resistance against Smuggler's Run. So we have a one seed versus a four seed again. For me, this one is rewritability. It's the overall theming. And it's going to be which one do I enjoy more. Rise of the Resistance. It is a lengthy attraction, it feels like. You're always moving. And if you're moving from one place to another, it's part of the attraction as well. Um, Smuggler's Run, it's more of like a traditional queue where you're waiting around. And then once you get there, you're thrown into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And it's an interactive game where you're trying to smuggle some coaxium and get the high score. So I do appreciate it for that. And it is becoming one of my favorite attractions at Hollywood Studios. Also, I talked about it before. It was a little bit of a letdown at the beginning because I think I was expecting something else. But the more that I understand the ride and the more that I rewrite it, it's getting a bigger and bigger appreciation from me as well. But for my money, I'm picking Rise of the Resistance. It's hard to top that attraction. It has a lot of demand. People love it. They'll wait all day for this attraction. And that is the making of a good attraction. 
Will they wait for it? Will they want to rewrite it? And the answer is yes to both of those. So Rise of the Resistance is a unique attraction. It combines many different elements. There's like a trackless system. Um, there's a little mini drop in there like Tower of Terror. So if you enjoy Tower of Terror, you might enjoy that part of the ride as well. It goes through amazing uh, Imagineering. And it feels like you are in space at times. So it does transport you to another place and another time. So for me, Rise of Resistance, moving on to the next round. Next up, we have a three-seed Slinky Dog Dash taking on a two-seed Tower of Terror. If you asked me this question about... I don't know, five or six months ago, or even three months ago, I probably would have chose Slinky Dog Dash. But you ask me now, and you know how some of these attractions grow on you and it changes, or your opinion changes over time? That's exactly what's happening for Tower of Terror for me. Therefore, Tower of Terror is going to defeat Slinky Dog Dash in my ride bracket. This is one of the hardest ones to pick for me. Slinky Dog Dash, uh, I feel like it's a little short. The attraction is a little short for the runtime, but not too bad. It's one of the smoothest roller coasters I've ever ridden, and for that, I love it. I like that you're in Andy's backyard, cruising around, and you get to really see a lot as you're going through. And I love the ride vehicle, the Slinky Dog, as well. You can even hear the springs um, coiling and uncoiling as you're going through. It's an amazing ride vehicle, amazing ride, and with that said, Tower of Terror just takes it to another level. Um, so you're kind of like in an episode of the Twilight Zone. It has that pre-show where you're watching that. And just the theming, every little detail in there is accounted for. They have cobwebs everywhere. And just the hotel and the elevator shaft, the boiler room, everything is very detailed and thought out. Every little thing in there. And for that, the theming alone, and it's an extremely fun and thrilling ride, uh, I probably get the most nervous riding this ride than any other ride. But after I um, overcome that first drop, I'm like a little kid. I have so much fun on that ride. And that's something that Slinky Dog Dash doesn't do for me. So I picked Tower of Terror to move on to face Rise of the Resistance for the Hollywood Studios Finals. And this is a very tough decision. One's Star Wars, one's Tower of Terror. So... Completely different rides. They both have a similarity in that there is a drop. Rise of Resistance has a very small drop, which is very fun and unexpected. Tower of Terror has a pretty big drop, right? And it has several of them. You kind of bounce up and down as you're going down that elevator shaft, which is extremely enjoyable. One's Star Wars, one's Twilight Zone. What do I prefer here? And which one would I want to ride over and over again? And for me, that's the Tower of Terror. So I feel like over time, and as time has passed, I've enjoyed this attraction more and more. It really has grown on me. And the theming alone just really takes you to another place. Both of these rides do that. Uh, Rise of the Resistance and Tower of Terror. But for my money, I think I would rather ride Tower of Terror over Rise of Resistance. But this is an extremely close battle and a close matchup here. And I don't know if it gets any closer than this. So for me, Tower of Terror moves on to face Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Now I'm going to save the final four for the end of this episode. Make you wait just a little bit more here. I'm going to start on the other side of the bracket with Animal Kingdom. 
So moving on to the other side in Animal Kingdom, we have a one seed Expedition Everest taking on a five seed Cali River Rapids. And for this, I chose Expedition Everest. Just getting to the chase here. It is the landmark of Animal Kingdom as far as rides go. I know you can argue the Tree of Life, which I think that more so, but rides wise, I would definitely say Expedition Everest. And it's kind of like a daunting looking mountain, very ominous looking. And also at the same time, super cool design. And the theming of it is incredible. It's one of my favorite cues to walk through just from like a historical uh, mindset. And I know they even have like a Josh Gates, that guy on uh, Discovery Channel. I know they have like a little um, foot of like some of the research they've been doing on the Yeti and things like that. So it kind of blends history and science and research with this made up attraction here. So um, the theming of it is incredible. All the flags and those um, different things hanging up as you're going through the, the land really calls to it and draws attention to it. And it's just, it's an incredible ride. It's, I think it was the first roller coaster I went on that actually went backwards and I love it. So um, a lot of it is kind of in the dark. It's done throughout the mountain and you hear the Yeti. I know the Yeti doesn't work like it was intended to. A lot of people call it like Disco Yeti or something. They added flashing lights or strobing lights to it to kind of jump scare you a little bit. But it's a really great ride. It's a fun roller coaster. And my personal tip for trying to get on this, especially if like you and your wife or significant other have to break off into other groups and if you have to ride it by yourself anyway um, because of the, the high height requirement for children, hit the single rider line. This is the one at Animal Kingdom that has a single rider line and you can get on in like five minutes or less. So just keep that in mind and um, make sure to hit that single rider line. Cali River Rapids is in the same area of the park and it's one of those like river rapids rides where you have eight people on a boat and there's one like medium-sized drop as well it's a fun water ride it's good it's a lot of fun the theming is pretty good as well um it's like what would happen to the forest if uh you didn't properly take care of it and were you know cutting down trees irresponsibly and things like that i know that's like the the theme of it but for me, the Expedition Everest theming, the line, the queue, it's amazing. And for that reason, Expedition Everest moves on to the finals at Animal Kingdom, leaving the toughest choice or toughest battle here that I had to make, one of the two toughest, Kilimanjaro Safaris, the three seed, taking on the two seed Flight of Passage. So I feel like when you think of one ride at Animal Kingdom, it's Kilimanjaro Safaris. You go on this amazing safari ride with your guide it's one of the lengthiest attractions at any park it's about 22 minutes i think is what they say or it could be longer depending on if animals kind of hinder your ride or, or the attraction for the day uh, just depends on when you go and that's one unique thing about it that no two rides are the same you're going to see different animals and different things are going to happen so um the safaris that's what you think of when you think of animal kingdom you think of the animals and you want to see some animals, and you get that with safaris. Flight of Passage, on the other hand, is that Avatar-themed ride where you're flying on the back of a Banshee, 
in kind of like a 4D environment. You have those 3D glasses on, and the Banshee kind of feels like it's breathing in and out as you're riding. It's an amazing ride. This used to be my favorite ride at any park before um, before Cosmic Rewind and a couple others opened as well. But Flight of Passage, for my money, I pick Flight of Passage over Kilimanjaro Safaris. It does have a long pre-show. That's one of the, the knocks on it. It has a couple like little pre-shows that take a little bit longer, I think, as the rides are, um, are going on. It's like a five or six minute ride. Anyways, those pre-shows do get a little bit long and you kind of get tired of them at times, but the ride itself is great. They pump in some smells, kind of like they do on Soarin' Around the World. And just flying on the back of the Banshee, one of the best experiences you'll ever get. And it does feel like you're flying. Like when it dives down, it really feels like you're on the back of a Banshee and you're flying through uh, Pandora. Um... One of my favorite parts is when you get onto the Banshee for the first time and you have your glasses on and then you kind of look down, there's like a little camera from underneath. That's like probably the worst angle of any camera ever. It's like under your double chins, triple chins, and you look down and I try not to look at it. It's very embarrassing, but I wonder how many people feel like that. I just kind of think it's a funny moment. Other than that, it's an amazing ride. Safaris is amazing too, but if I had to pick one, and that's what you have to do in brackets, and that's the great thing about them, I'm going to pick Flight of Passage over Safaris, just narrowly escaping the victory. So it's like a buzzer beater victory here, if you're familiar with basketball and March Madness. So now we have Expedition Everest taking on Flight of Passage for the finals of Animal Kingdom. And I'm just going to get to it. I've already described both of these rides. I'm going to go with the one that you do have to pay for, Flight of Passage. It's unlike any other attraction at Walt Disney World. You're flying through. It's like you're escaping reality for however long the ride or the attraction is. I think in this case, it's like six minutes. You're flying on the back of a Banshee. It's one of the best or most well done 4D or 3D effects in my memory, basically. It feels like you're really there. So it does a really good job, pumps in some smells, feels like you're flying on the back of a Banshee through Pandora, and it's so enjoyable. I just remember the first time I rode it, I was like speechless. I was like, wow, this is an amazing ride. And this is what Walt Disney World's all about. It's about taking your breath away and giving you those memorable experiences. So my winner Animal Kingdom is Flight of Passage. So far we have Tower of Terror taking on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, and we have Flight of Passage taking on the winner of Magic Kingdom to be announced. And like I said, the Magic Kingdom is stacked with rides. So this was the hardest decision. I guarantee if you ask somebody else what were your top eight attractions, it'll probably be completely different than mine. But this is what I chose, and we currently have these two matchups left to decide. We have Splash Mountain versus Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So we really did get to determine the best mountain here, having Space Mountain taking on Big Thunder Mountain in the last round, and now that winner of that one takes on Splash Mountain, which upset Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which could be another mountain as well if you're going to argue that point. So we have 
our 8 seed, Splash Mountain, taking on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And for me, these are pretty close. Big Thunder Mountain is one of my favorite rides. It was one of the main reasons why I went to Disneyland, Disney World, for any um, any attraction. I'm like, I got to get on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. That was the one ride that I sought out, and it kept me coming back to the theme parks time and time again. You can argue it's kind of like two different experiences, too, if you ride it during the daytime versus the nighttime. A lot of people say the nighttime feels faster, the drops are more unexpected, so you can't argue that you get two different experiences there. So, Splash Mountain. We know a complete retheming is coming up soon, or refurbishment to the Princess and the Frog, but for right now you can still ride Splash Mountain, and I recommend to do so. But Splash Mountain is that classic, it's like the king of the log flume rides. The theming is incredible, the music is incredible, and they do a really great job of building that suspense up until you see those like two blackbirds at the very end, the buzzards, and you just kind of feel like, uh-oh, it's coming, right? And you really just build up that anticipation for that big drop at the end, and that big, that great picture opportunity as well. Might be the greatest picture opportunity out there. Um, so it does have that going for it. You don't get a picture of Big Thunder Mountain. That's one knock on it. I wish they did have one. Maybe in the future they'll have one. But you don't get one right now. But if I had to pick a winner, I'm going to pick Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. One of the main reasons is I don't always like to get wet. I don't like my shoes to get wet specifically. And I don't always feel like riding a water ride. And Big Thunder Mountain, like I said, kept me coming back to the theme parks time and time again. That's that one ride I had to do every single time. And for that reason, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad moves on to the finals of Magic Kingdom. Leaving one more matchup to get there. We have the three-seed Jungle Cruise taking on the two-seed Haunted Mansion. Both of these are theming galore. They have the perfect themings in both of these rides, Jungle Cruise and Haunted Mansion. You have your own host, right? You have a ghost host in the Haunted Mansion. Your skipper um, is your host for your boat ride, telling those funny jokes. They do change from ride to ride, so that makes it different and unique, depending on the skipper. The Haunted Mansion, you're going to hear the same thing every time. You're going to see it the same thing every time. Um, but the overall theming and the rewritability for me is going to have to be Haunted Mansion. I could ride this all day, and my kids love it as well. That makes it rank much higher on my list as well. I love the stretching room at the beginning. I love the ghost host. I love the theming and the attention to detail that they put into every single aspect of this ride. So for me, Haunted Mansion is going to take down Jungle Cruise again and another buzzer beater. Maybe this is double overtime here. So Haunted Mansion moves on to take on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in the finals of Magic Kingdom. So these are classic timeless attractions. What else can you say about them? Both of them are extremely fun. They're both themed extremely well. One of them is more of a thrill ride in Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It's a roller coaster. Haunted Mansion is a dark ride. It's like the dark ride of dark rides. And it's extremely fun. And it's timeless, basically. So how can you choose a winner between these two? You're going to go with a thrill ride versus a dark ride, and these are two of the best. So we have Big Thunder Mountain Railroad taking on Haunted Mansion in the finals. 
And my wife just said to me, she said, I saw who you picked in this. And are you feeling okay? Because I actually picked Haunted Mansion. So, like I said, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad has been my favorite attraction year in and year out. Visit in, visit out. I love it. It doesn't get much better than that. But I set aside my personal feelings a little bit for this one for Haunted Mansion and how much I love this ride as well. I think the overall theming for the Haunted Mansion overtakes Big Thunder Mountain Railroad for me. And that's why I put aside my personal feelings just a little bit and thought about what's the more well-themed ride and attraction that fits the Walt Disney World mold more. And I chose Haunted Mansion. So, yes, I am feeling good today. And it doesn't get much better than this matchup right here. Big Thunder Mountain versus Haunted Mansion. I went with Haunted Mansion based on the overall theming and the fact that every single person can ride this ride. That's one thing that kind of factored into it as well. There is a height requirement that's pretty tall for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and you do kind of slide around in that bench seat as well. So that's why I chose Haunted Mansion to represent Magic Kingdom in the finals. Now we have our final four. It is set. Haunted Mansion taking on Flight of Passage, Representing Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, we have Tower of Terror, and in Epcot, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Let's get to it. First, we have Haunted Mansion versus Flight of Passage. Both of these rides are incredible. Let's face it, all of these are incredible rides. It made it to the final floor of our rides bracket, so that's all you need to say. These are great rides. These can arguably be the best ride at each of these four parks. So we have Haunted Mansion versus Flight of Passage. And we have to pick a winner. That's the hard thing about this bracket. We have to pick a winner. And I'm just going to get to it. I'm going to say I chose Haunted Mansion. I mean, it took out Big Thunder Mountain Railroad for a reason. The theming is insane. And the attention to detail is incredible. You go back for those memorable moments and to relive those um you know, kind of like what you've done in the past. And you go back for those to experience them again and again, right? So you go to experience the ghost host, that elevator, the or the stretching room, the music, the dancing ghost, right? In the ballroom. And you go to the graveyard. You go there for that experience. And when you think of that ride, you think of Walt Disney World. Flight of Passage, it's a newer ride. So maybe as time passes... Um, it'll gain more popularity, even though it's still extremely popular today. It's been around for a little over five years. And the only knock on it, like I said, were those pre-shows. It does feel like it takes a little while to get to the actual ride. So for that reason, mostly, I chose Haunted Mansion defeating Flight of Passage. Moving on to the finals. Going to the other side, we have Hollywood Studios... Tower of Terror taking on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Both of these are themed extremely well. The queue for Cosmic Rewind, which I've been through one time fully in that um, virtual queue, is great. I think Tower of Terror, the queue, might be one of the best at Walt Disney World, if not the best. So I think the edge goes to Tower of Terror for the queue and for the theming. But the enjoyability of the ride, 
They're both extremely enjoyable. For me, though, that Cosmic Rewind gets me every time. I like the uniqueness of it. I know you get in your elevator, you get different uh, sequences of drops and lifts and things like that. Um, but Cosmic Rewind, you get six different song choices. And now, apparently, for the holidays, you're going to get different holiday mashup songs as well. I don't know what that entails, but I'm looking very forward to it. And I re-ride Cosmic Rewrite much more than Tower of Terror. So for that, I'm going with Cosmic Rewind, taking out Tower of Terror, moving on to face Haunted Mansion in the finals of our Disney Rides bracket. For me, extremely tough decision. It could just depend on what day you're talking to me, but it could be the recency factor in the freshness of Cosmic Rewind. Or it could be the music that plays into it as well, and the newness of it as well. But versus Haunted Mansion, I'm going to pick Cosmic Rewind. It's more of a thrill ride, and I kind of factored that into my Big Thunder decision too a little bit. Which one do I prefer more? Which one's more thrilling, Big Thunder or like Guardians? I'm going to pick Guardians, and that's kind of how we got there. Cosmic Rewind is an amazing ride. It's unlike anything else you've probably experienced at a theme park before you get your own playlist and it's a random little pick at the beginning you don't know it until you take off or blast off backwards um, trying to avoid any spoilers but you take off and that song hits and you kind of get excited maybe you're like wishing for or wanting that one song that you're missing and then you finally get it right it's kind of like a moment of joy there and surprise as well but which plays into it Haunted Mansion, you know exactly what you're getting, which is a good thing, and it's an extremely great dark ride, probably one of the best dark rides ever created. Haunted Mansion is different at Disneyland versus Disney World. The outside of it is different. Um, I know they do a Nightmare Before Christmas overlay at Disneyland, which is something unique as well, and I wish they would kind of explore that idea here a little bit too. Um, at least maybe for like every other year or something like that. But um, for now, going back to the rides bracket, Haunted Mansion, you know what you're getting. Cosmic Rewind, you have that little variable factor in that song choice and that randomness of it. And the thrill factor. I think the thrill factor and the enjoyability of that ride and rewritability overtakes Haunted Mansion. And Epcot and Walt Disney World has created... An amazing new attraction that just released Memorial Day this year, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. So there we have it. Our winner of the Disney Rides bracket is the newest one, happens to be the newest one, so they must be doing something right. It is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. So if you haven't had a chance to ride it yet, and I'm sure a lot of you have not, go ride it. Let me know what you think, and guarantee you're going to say that's a one-of-a-kind experience. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for joining me for another new edition of A Joel New World. Like I said, follow me at YouTube. Uh, my channel is A Joel New World. My Twitter handle is at A Joel New World. Look for those polls, interact with me, add me, um, follow me, and you know, let me know what you'd like to see on future episodes. I want this to be about the listeners and what you want to hear. So let me know. And thanks for joining me on today's journey. I'll see you next time on our next adventure. Thank you.